0: Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, John Gilmore joins me to discuss Old School Essentials. John is an admin for the Old School Essentials Facebook group. He's also an occasional co-host on Wobblies and Wizards podcast. If you love the show, join the Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Time to grab your provisions. We are heading into the mountains of Zengar. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, John. Hey, Jeff. Hey, it's finally good to have you on. Um, we've been kind of, I guess, chatting back and forth for uh, for a little while. And, yeah. I've been, and I've enjoyed you being on the, uh, the Wobblies and Wizards. Uh, so I thought, well, you know what? John would make a great person to have on here.
1: Well, I hope it won't disappoint.
0: Well, <laughs> you're doing good so far. Oh, good.
2: <laughs> Exciting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think uh, how I know you as far as, especially from the Wobblies and Wizards, and probably some assumptions were true, is uh, uh, the love for, I think, uh, a lot of the OSR, but especially Old School Essentials.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the resident uh, evangelist for the uh, OSE for sure, Old School Essentials, and the OSR in general, um, and in my gaming group, so I... I often defend vigorously (laughs) all those uh, those aspects of gaming. So,
0: to what to what aspects are you defending? What are the what are the opponents throwing against Uh, you that you must? I think the first
1: the first time I really had to, you know, come to the defense of old school gaming was um, they recorded a podcast without me about Dungeons and Dragons art, and they started in uh, with Larry Elmore. <laughs> so I, I made I got i uh, got with Logar and I told him, Listen, we have to tag a little, have a little update. And we spent and you know, 15 minutes talking about 76, 77 to 82, <laughs> the the uh the art that i that I find the the uh the best period of for uh, the golden age of art for Dungeons and Dragons. So that's one aspect and then um
0: well, I wouldn't say it's a golden age, but it encapsulates a feeling.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's a golden age in that. I mean, the golden age of comics, the art wasn't, you know, blowing your right. way, but it it set the standard. It kind of defined. It matched the style of play so well. Um, and I didn't know that until I was an adult and other people more articulate than I kind of um, expressed their love for those old artists uh Sutherland and Trampier and our Champier and um yeah so i i've recorded a whole episode where i kind of uh defended those artists and um and when any time that there's a OSC oh, anything going on i try to try to be available for those type podcasts as well so i'm a moderator on the OSC Facebook group um, and a lot of those other guys certainly know the system better than I, because I started playing, I started off playing, um, in 81, I started playing with the, uh, basics mold they set, but it was kind of a, you know, house rule, A, D, and D, everything was just blended together. And I still kind of play that way. So. I'm kind of hesitant to answer any specific rule questions because it's it gets wrapped into my in my house rules and everything else, you know. So I have to actually get the books out before I wade into any of those discussions.
0: Oh, so I guess the game show that I had planned for you is uh, I'm just going to put that on hold.
1: No, yeah, well, no, let's let's take it. It might be a handbook see. for three
0: hundred, please.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would actually be a lot of fun. So. Far away. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I, the problem is I'd have to do a lot of research because I'm definitely, uh, I'm net well-versed. I just, I jump around so much that uh, my brain has lost uh, large amounts of information. They're, they're scattered about throughout the ether, I guess. But, uh,
1: well, that brings up a good subject of why I like OSC so much, but yeah, my brain has always been scattered <laughs> and I always struggled with rule books, um, stay, you know, reading them, understanding them, staying focused. Uh, that's why I had this uh, this house rule mismatched, you know, play style forever. And OSC came along. And when I was kind of getting back into gaming, I heard a lot about it. And I kind of avoided it. I had BX. That's all I needed. But then I finally picked it up. And, man, it uh, it really clicked with me. And I don't know. I think that's it's true with a lot of people, and it, it's probably a lot of people like me that have it, some type of attention issue, or uh, I have no idea why I struggle with those dense rule books so much, but I do.
2: And well, they're not just, they're not
0: presented well. The information is no. not logically laid out. It's not presented well, or or they, there's so much art and weirdness in the layout. I'm not just talking about like a work board, but I'm just talking about just in general. It's just sometimes it's just overwhelming the way things are presented.
1: Yeah, and and you know, at least the older games had white paper with black ink on them. You know, yes. <laughs> now you know it, when I got out of gaming, uh, they just went crazy, and you pick up those books, and they look like art. You know, art books, and you can barely read the text and. You can tell that the art's definitely taking center stage on on that, on the um, layout and design of those books. Uh, But yeah, so Gavin uh, Norman put together, took BX and kind of ripped it apart and put it back together uh, very faithfully. um, And just presented what I think is the best role playing, laid out role playing um, book i've ever seen by far um i kind of wish he would do it to ad and d i wish he would do it to some other old systems that i really loved um but those would be pretty massive projects
0: yeah and i, I think right it's the they're arranging the cutting the editing but man he just he sure scraped away a lot of the the fat of the text that just not did not need to be there you got at least for me i got the bought the rules tome It's all there. One little book, flip it open. There's your rules. You don't have to read more than the page of any complex system. And it's right there. It's a lot of times it's just a a column or partial column.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just, and it, and it holds my attention. You know, I, I can read it just for fun. (laughs) Not that I sit down and read it from cover to cover, but um, yeah, I love it. And i really, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, his adventures are the same way. And I've seen a lot of people kind of um, aping that, but as far as rule books, I don't see, I haven't seen any new rule books that have really tried to um, go as clean and minimalistic, I guess, as he, he did with OSE.
0: No, not without really right. And to have a complete, Unified system that's recognizable. I think people definitely have done their own little, you know, little things. I don't like. I've never played it. Like, is like the Black Hack. I think there's probably some others that are even more minimalistic, but they're not providing rules for for henchmen. And Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm assuming. No.
1: (laughs) No, and even the minimalist games that I've I've seen, yeah, I mean, they're very they're very few pages, but they're not quite as laid out and they have a much easier job but um yeah i don't know it's hard it's not really comparing apples to apples when you get to you know just a 14 page rule set or total you know with right. monsters spells and everything <laughs> it's a it's a different so those are pretty easy to to obviously read through but <clears throat> yeah you're leaving a lot on the cutting room floor there
0: have you picked up uh worlds without number
1: no i haven't um the print on demand is like 60 bucks. And, uh, I'm just like, I've been, I have an eBay, I actually have an eBay alert for, for one of the, uh, set, uh, I guess offset printings that they did, but I, there's a lot of books that come in. I get a lot of emails about not the world without numbers I'm looking for. So I haven't seen one pop up yet. But.
0: Yeah. I've never, I didn't buy the, yeah, the book, it was just, it was, a little rich for my blood at the time, but, you know, but what they've done is it is kind of, not kind of, they did is, you know, put a rule, uh, a skill system and bolted on top of it, which I thought was, it just goes to show that really how flexible the game really is. Cause he didn't really do anything crazy revolutionary as far as that goes, but adding actually a traveler-esque, he just basically took traveler skills and kind of smashed them on there. And it's like, yeah, it works. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I, I, yeah, that's one of the things I like about OSC is that I, ha, I, ha, I house rule it a lot, but um, if there's room for that, you know, I'm not adding, I'm not replacing a lot of rules. I'm adding, filling in the gaps, you know. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it. Um, and I don't know, I haven't really thought about incorporating skills. That's a kind of a slippery slope. And I don't know that uh i have the skills to manage that as a dm right now <laughs> what uh what yeah, players well, depends, expectations are well it and depends on the
0: game you're playing if you're playing you know dungeon delves or whatever it may not mean that much but if you're wanting to you know maybe open up to maybe like science fantasy and kind of get into some technology or whatever i mean that's where probably things like that start to become a little bit more or if you want to lean towards survival versus city type skill i mean that where it makes more sense but if you're just playing adventures going out and doing their thing it's probably not much of a need to implement anything more complicated
1: yeah you probably also need a dm or a referee that um is open if you don't have the skills and you're just using your own creativity you need a dm that will work with you you know if he's just like no, it's not in the book, you can't do anything, then it, it, it can be very boring. And I guess at that point, it would be nice to have the official skill list. Um, I have I have been in games where, <clears throat> you know, I wanted, there wasn't a ranger class, but I wanted to try to develop those type of skills. And he just didn't have the bandwidth to, <laughs> to let me run with it. So, you know, I kind of wish that I did have that more, you know, more minutiae and the rules at that point. But I always try to be very accommodating to my players um, as long as it's not too ridiculous. So I thought about
0: what if you were to create a series of occupations and then you just pick one and then maybe every so many levels, you get another one and it could range from blacksmith to beast riding to whatever. And then whenever you want to do anything, you say, I am a blacksmith. And I'm going to use this stat to figure this out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I totally do. I have, uh, um, I think I had a character that I rolled, I went ahead and rolled a, Oh, this isn't a Hyperborea game. I rolled on the secondary skill table and I was a, uh, roper. So man, anytime that we need something lassoed or <laughs> something to, tied down <laughs> you know, I'm I, would, I would yeah i'm not yeah and uh it wouldn't be automatic but i would certainly have an advantage in doing that um so yeah i love that adding, adding those backgrounds and i haven't hmm. you know Karen and uh, i guess into the eye and a lot of those i haven't played around with them a lot um but they they have that, you know, like you're, there's no class, but you're kind of defined by your life experience, I guess. And, yeah. And I uh,
0: think there's a way of, you could give some players like, you know, the ranger, you could just still be a fighter or you could even be a thief, whatever. And you just pick ranger and you just want to do fun things like tracking or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and then maybe, so the thing I was thinking about too is, you know, I would like to create a setting um, where you can characters can ride. Um, did you ever play Star Frontiers?
1: No, I did not. I'm okay. vaguely familiar with it.
0: Okay, so they basically there's a there's a there's a Star Frontiers module. It's um, a series of them about uh, Escape from Volturnus, and the greatest crime that's committed, I think, of any module that they and they did this is that they gave you the opportunity to ride like these little dinosaurs but it doesn't you don't really get to do anything with them and it only lasts for a little bit it's like what if you had a game where you could like have an axe beak or a dinosaur like that and now all of a sudden you could choose to go that path and make use of that and it's like we don't there doesn't really seem to be much in as far as way of rules of doing anything fun like that but but again you wouldn't want just maybe anybody having to choose that but if that was your option you say you know what i ride axe beaks in a battle And um, that might be kind of cool. And I don't know ways you could implement fun rules around characters doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, well, you have to be super, super careful. (laughs) Because the thing that I'm finding out is that these game designer types um, put a lot of thought into things. (laughs) Yes. And uh, uh, I was running a module, uh, an OSE module um, called uh, Hideous Daylight. And we actually just had Brad Kerr on the show and I, I kind of cornered him about one of the magic items he added to that. <clears throat> it was called the shovel blade. So it's just basically a shovel with a sharp edge that you can use as a as a weapon. But uh, twice a day, you can instantly dig a super deep, long tunnel. Um, and I thought that's, I, I think I cut it back to once a day. And I thought, oh, that could be interesting, you know, if they have to get in and out of anywhere. Well, <clears throat> the next module I ran, they, they had to go up against a, like a small black dragon was the whole premise of the module. And um, they were supposed to spend a lot of time kind of investigating how do we defeat this? I need to find some weapon, you know, all this stuff. They went straight for the dragon. And the first thing he did was he wanted to dig a pit for the dragon to fall into immediately. <laughs> and, and it, you know, I let him run with it. I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And I can came up really quick with some rules to, to work that out. And they ended up defeating him barely. Well, then he started using it for every battle they had outside, whether it was goblins or anything, he was, <laughs> he was digging these trenches and this this shovel blade almost broke my entire <laughs> campaign. <laughs> In fact, I was telling Brad Kerr, the author of the module, that um I was getting ready to have to like introduce limestone depth and things like that to, <laughs> to put a to curb its uh its power because uh, you know me wanting to accommodate you know fun gameplay had allowed <clears throat> Something kind of pretty ridiculous to um, to come into the uh, game world. I had so. <laughs>
0: well, it just goes to show the power of players to find an exploit and then to, to use it to their full
1: advantage. That's that's exactly right, and that could be fun. You know, I'm not. Um, we're not in a tournament here or anything, but at the same time, everybody's got to have fun, not just the dude with the shovel.
0: Well, that's that's true too. <laughs> Yeah. But the thing is, everybody's so squishy in these games. So it's, it's, uh, you're only, you might as well have your your time in the sun because it won't last long.
1: That's right. You're right. Yeah. In fact, the character that got the Shovel Blade had died early. His first character had died right before he got the Shovel Blade. It was actually his second character that found it. So life was fleeting. (laughs) (laughs) So he, he grabbed, his second chance, he grabbed it by the, uh, reins and took off
2: it's kind
0: of like the diggingest dog i don't know if you ever read that book
1: uh no that does not ring a bell now
0: they, they bought a dog and it was a it's a kid's book and then the dog started digging and he just couldn't stop and he was like just digging through towns i mean he was just digging up flower beds <laughs> digging up streets he just couldn't stop
1: <laughs> well you know like the uh the intro to benny hill that uh the montage that starts the show everybody's running around real fast and I kind of describe when he uses shovel blade, it's like that, like a little track will kick one and he here he is really quickly shoveling and everybody else is like at normal speed. He's just like so yeah, we had fun. We had a lot of fun with that, with the uh Brad Curran shovel blade.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny because those are the types of things that even though at the time it may be a little irritating. I guess that will always be a story that'll be told of uh
1: Oh, uh, so, absolutely. And he loved it. Like, of course he's like, great. I'm, I'm so glad that it almost broke. your." <laughs> that, that was <laughs> He didn't, he didn't necessarily think of that exact use, but yeah. So.
0: But you're right. You know, things that you implement if you're not a designer or maybe if you are a designer, but the, without play testing it with enough people, things could go, you know, horribly awry. And again, once you, you have a hammer, you know, everything, every problem's a nail. So.
1: That's right. And. Yeah, and you know, that's another one of the aspects I like of old old style gaming is that balance is uh not center folk, the center of attention. I think I think that comes from those games came out in a pre-video game world. Um and I really think that you know video games drew a lot from Dungeons and Dragons, especially role-playing type video games. But then at some point, Dungeons and Dragons started to borrow back from that and balance and character builds and all these kind of constructs came back into it from video games Um, yeah
0: it's you can kind of say you can see both sides of it I mean because I remember when I first first started playing um, well so we played in high school but there's an adult that ran some games that went horribly wrong Um, but I think his group was way he would run it he would write an adventure you bring whatever characters you want to bring low levels or high levels i don't care it did not mm. matter to him you, you there was no like oh this is a third to fifth level game no it's just you just you just brought whatever characters and i thought that's kind of interesting because we you know we did kind of even at that time have pigeonholed some sort of narrative that we're all the same level but he's like no and uh, you know, I, I was able to get something out and say, well, you know, if we bring like 10th level characters and aim for low level, it's not going to be very fun. Likewise, you know, <laughs> low characters. So you kind of acquiesce a little bit, but I, you know, that's, we still kind of do that a little bit with the old school, but not as much as uh, it is with
1: later on, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm totally um, contradicting myself, <laughs> Everybody that, you know, <laughs> sings the praises of old school gaming, I'm sure there's a lot of contradictions. And and that's one of them. Because, like, in real life, are you, like, really going around trying to find a group of people, your exact skill level, and yeah. finding the right <laughs> adventures, you know? Uh So, yeah. It Of course, in old school gaming, especially old school D&D, they level up at such different rates that you can very really quickly have, you know, Pretty decent gap in levels um, and power, but they try to balance those things out, I think a little
0: bit. Yeah, I think what's wrong is it, it, it capsulated to me when I was running uh fifth edition the Lost Minds of Fendelvin or it, what's mm-hmm. it called? Whatever it's called. Do you ever do you ever play five E or play? Go I, I that?
1: played that one adventure. I I played a little of like third, fourth, and fifth. I bought each like starter set or the starting books the core books and tried to run my kids through each one and uh quickly well i i just thought that i had uh outgrown gaming at that time because i kind of stopped playing with 2e uh, a lot and i thought well i guess i just i'm not getting it and maybe maybe it was the additions that's what i (laughs) that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna say say but yeah i did so i did run the or i started the lost Minds of and Delver, or, or yeah, yeah, so
0: I thought that first, the very first uh encounter in that cave was absolutely one of the best encounters ever written.
1: Absolutely, yes, the, yeah, the way it, it played it out, out was, so yeah, and I didn't get much further than that with my kids, so <laughs>
0: yeah, and you can play it with different people, and the outcome will be different every time. I mean, that's it, yeah. it
1: what's astounding,
0: but later on there's a room where there was a, a, there was a, um, um, a lich in this room and he was in the same, the same building as these bad guys, but he wasn't with those bad guys, but he was just a lich there. And and the players started knocking on the door. He just told him to, you know, leave. And he never in any way acted like he was part of the bad guys in no way, and he kind of let on, like, just leave me alone, and the guy just said, you know, I'm just going to kick open the door and kill this guy, and there was a lich. He's like, there's a lich. You have a lich in this room. (laughs) I'm thinking, who goes in thinking you just kick down doors, and every door you kick open is going to be a (laughs) well-balanced, you know, opposition, as if the storyline would be you just kick open doors all day long, because you always have an upper hand at whatever's inside, like, that's insane. Yes, it is. <laughs> he had no reason to do this. He presented no threat. He obviously wasn't part of the bad guys. And, um, and you just kicked open the door. And I, that's where I think that was kind of harking back to the some of the old school stuff where there could be a big threat, but you don't have to fight it. You shouldn't fight it. You probably yeah. should just be smart. You should probably parlay with things, talk with things, understanding what the situation is not just going there and just saying you know what everything everything is balanced so i can just kill whatever i want and once i run out of hit points i'll go to town and reheal
1: yeah yeah and that's uh you know i don't know the other editions well enough to know but uh OSE, bx had the reaction roll when you first meet enemies that are potential enemies i guess that aren't clearly enemies you can roll and um there's that and then there's a uh, morale you got to try you can track that which can just those two things can totally flip you have to be prepared because as a dm you, you can totally flip your expectation of how you saw this playing out um we did uh a hole in the oak which is one of gavin's own osc modules and one of the big baddies in this in this is this mutated ogre that's just like would be a terrible opponent i rolled they tried they didn't go in guns blazing they tried to um talk to him first and i rolled a 12 well that's the most friendly roll you can have and he even said in the in the description that he likes to eat halflings and gnomes (laughs) so we had a halfling in a party and i just played it off that he was constantly trying to barter to get get the rest of the party to give this but they use this they use this guy to help him out um he got the the this these evil gnomes are in there too and he got to eat all the evil gnomes but he helped (laughs) them and they use this guy to kind of help clear the dungeon you know and if i had not rolled a 12 right there um it would have been completely different you know the entire uh, way that that uh adventure played out would have been completely different so
2: yeah it's
0: kind of interesting if you present you know as far as adventure, I think especially when you're dealing with uh like longer adventures like what I think fifth edition is trying to do or you know it's it's a campaign if all it is is a set piece and these things are here, you know it leaves a lot more open to what could happen because you're not expecting a certain outcome so you can go to the next stage. It is like I have no idea what's going to happen
1: that's right yeah yeah it and and that's you have to be able to think on your feet. You have to have players that are engaged, um, but it's just a, it's the best kind of gaming for me. It's um, to having it be deadly. You got to have the deadly, or the, you know, you'll always have the kick down the door and run after the lich kind of play going on. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to have the opportunity for unexpected. You know, maybe the mutated halfling eating ogre is uh, in a good mood that day you know um
2: and uh yeah so and i you know i i haven't honestly
1: played enough of the other newer versions um i've listened to um playthroughs what do you call them on online of different editions of different story-based games and
0: Uh, like uh yeah i don't know what they're called now now you say that now you put doubt you put a a virus Uh, of doubt in my head Uh, is it's it's,
2: uh actual place actual place that's what it is
1: (laughs) so and it's just not um i don't want anything too collaborative like uh there is a there is not necessarily a story here but there also doesn't necessarily have to be a story i don't need uh i want the players to be creative tell me what they're gonna do um and the outcomes should be pretty obvious for me to adjudicate um without just it just becoming story time for the whole group (laughs) that's just a different style of play i think it would be fun to do that but it's not the reason uh, I'm into role-playing games. So
0: you're talking about ones that tend to be relying less directly on a number of rules and more using rules to generally direct that story. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. And I, um, I don't even want to, I don't know if I can really name any of the games, I guess. I was listening to a mouse guard that RPG. So I guess that's in the whole burning will, yeah. Uh, and it was just like um, when things happened, they kind of discussed it as a group. What happened? Um, and it was fun. They it 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 made for a much cleaner, imaginative story to come out of it, um, if that's what you're looking for. Because uh, every and. And I can see definitely certain people being drawn to that. It, it's not really my thing. I like the out of left field, bizarre stuff that really sticks in my memory. But um, it's just a it's a different different style of well, play. Well,
0: but we, you could always there's always the it's not either or. You could always just say just look at somebody in your in that's playing and say look at them and who's not and say. Okay, what just is the outcome of this? And let them decide. One person ask one person, "What's this going to happen?" Who's and they could say, "Whatever," you know.
1: Yeah, no, and that's great. Like I, I want to, I, I kind of do want to do more things like that, and maybe that would even be a slippery slope to, I'm going to be playing mouse card, <laughs> card next year or something. But, um, yeah, so no, I like that idea. It's just, uh, a, a story by committee it wasn't really grabbing me when I was listening to these actual yeah, by plays.
0: might be a little much. I agree. But like, for instance, there was a game, uh, like, uh, some games like cortex you can, and like fate, maybe you can get, um, you can get like some sort of, um, disadvantage or some sort of, uh, negative tag to you. And, um, no, I forget I'm blanking. But sometimes as a GM, it's harder like think of things all the time, like okay, you just you took instead of saying maybe you take an injury and you lose hit points, maybe you have a, a D6 that goes in a pool against you whenever you roll. But yeah. you know, but that could be a sprained arm, it could be a lot of things, and you know, throwing it back to the players to come up with even for their own characters a lot of times you know, it can be helpful if, if, but I don't know that they, but I think the thing is with D and D it's so mechanized, there's really no sort of um, uh, um, complications that are really narrative complications that have mechanical effects aren't thrown out like it is with the other games.
1: No. And yeah, for me, uh, the reason I would hesitate with that is it's just something else for me to track, <laughs> you know, a condition for me to track, kinda. And yeah, I thought about that with um, just starting off simple with like, we have critical hits and critical failures or critical uh, successes, you know, 20 or one. And instead of just saying, okay, two times damage, um, I give, I can give them a choice. You know, do you want to attack this round? Do you want to uh, disarm that, you know, give them an opportunity to weigh in on how this kind of scene is playing out. I definitely want to incorporate more of that kind of, that kind of material into, my DMing. I just I, you know I talk about it, I think about it, I take hikes and daydream about it, and then I sit down at the table and I'm so busy <laughs> wondering who's attacking next that it just it's all it's all gone.
0: <laughs> it is kind of funny. It is it, it, it's because it, it seems like because I, I don't GM that enough, but it's like your your brain's in a different uh it's in different modes, in different space. It's just. Uh, But you're right, you're doing all these calculations, you're trying to think ahead, you're trying to make sure everybody's getting their their proper amount of time, you're, you know, it's just, and uh, to to try and sometimes be a little bit more proactive in in these things, it's, it's, uh, or introducing new things is hard. Creative,
1: being creative, yeah.
0: Yeah, some games, so some games do kind of have those things baked in, and I think it makes it, as part of their mechanics, it does slow down the game. know, yeah. Those things do slow down the game. So that's the downside.
1: Yeah, it's always a trade-off, you know, you're it's always it's always a trade-off. You're you're in the and the trade-off you're usually making is time. (laughs) You know, if you want to have a very um strategic, you know, battle with minis and terrain and you know measuring feet and line of sight and everything, I mean that could be really fun, but you're you're clearing two rooms in a four hour session sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's always a trade-off. And like I said, and even with the narrative things, the trade-off is usually time, you know, you're not, you're slowing things down. Um,
0: well, I think like one thing you could do is like, for instance, if somebody was to say, you're just to do the, somebody rolls a 20 uh, to get a critical success, what you do is you give somebody, give that person a D6. And you could say, you can keep this D6, you can give the D6 to another person, um, but whatever whoever gets a D6 gets added to their next roll. And you get to choose, and if you whoever you give it to you, explain how, you give that person advantage.
1: Yeah, I, I, you, I mean, to, to hit or to, or to damage or, or to damage you or choose. whatever. Or you yeah. could
0: say <clears throat> apply to the opponent, and they get a minus D6 on their next attack.
1: Yeah, and 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 as a DM, you would ask him to explain that narratively, and he could be a tripped him or a knocked the shield out of his hand or
0: threw sand in but, his eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, again, having engaged players helps helps that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's no uh, no downside to engage players. So,
0: <clears throat> well, I do think there are some mechanics, it, and I think there are times where I played where. Those extra mechanics actually, even though it slowed down the game, added interest to the to the to the game. But there's other times with other type of games that it's not added to it. It's actually it's actually killed momentum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then you start losing players' focus. Uh, They're right,
0: but if you hold up a D six, you're like, who gets this D six? Yeah. D6? yeah. You know, yeah. then they start talking. Okay, how about you do this, and then I'll do that. And like, okay, you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great. Somebody had a house rule that they posted on one on one of the groups I'm in, and it was um if you get three, if your character misses, I think three times in a row, the fourth time it comes around, it's an automatic critical hit.
0: That's a that's great. That is it great. is great.
1: It's just like yes. Uh, they they're, they're just bombing, And then, and it gets to two, by the time you get to the third roll, they're kind of hoping they miss.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, darn! <idea. laughs> because you just,
0: yeah. Cause the swinginess of a D20, I do not like a D20. I think it, it is not a good, I, I don't like it. I, I mean, it's what it is. I can't, I can't alter reality, but a D20 is not a fun diet to be rolling. It, it
1: is too swingy. It is super swingy, but it can, that can. Yeah. I mean, that when things are either going too easy or you're just rolling and rolling and rolling and nobody's hitting anything, it definitely.
2: um, But yeah, I think you're right. I haven't, I've never really thought about an alternative, but that's
1: where my, you know, nostalgia and my box set from 1981 (laughs) comes into play. And I'm like, nope yeah six stats roll a d20 (laughs) well the
0: i think fantasy age they use 3d6 and so then you create distribution curve where it goes to average most of the time or i guess they all go to the mean but but it's a bell-shaped curve rather than a linear uh progression or nine progression but i i think that makes it a little bit more but the the thing about the swinging dice is you can also take the loser and he can
1: take out a an
0: eighth-level guy, you know, if he rolls right.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just- yeah. He could either get wiped out by a band of kobolds or, or take down a dragon, you know? <laughs> if everybody a couple critical hits in a row, you're playing with that that uh house rule and
0: no, I mean just you could just roll the the, the guy with who's a great fire could be rolling ones every time, and the yeah. guy who's a first level guy could be rolling twenties right. every time or hitting every time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, and that's, what's hard. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it, I think what nobody wants is for a person to come to a game with a guy who's a fighter and lo- and misses every <laughs> single time. It, there's a potential that it could become a ha ha afterwards and, you know, but do the die shaming thing on, on Facebook, whatever. But, that's not fun when that happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but boy, it just isn't fun.
1: No, it doesn't really create lend itself to creating uh epic scenes. Uh I guess <laughs> no. I guess epic failures can be fun in their own right, but not all the time
2: for sure. No, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you want that you want that like, okay, the uh the whatever's flying away. I'm gonna take a parting shot minus four to hit and you roll a natural 20 and you know those epic moments don't have you know five percent of the time you're gonna roll a natural 20 um it's pretty it's pretty baked in so uh that's why i kind of do like the d20 because it's just rare enough that when it comes up it's pretty exciting you know um but you have to again that's a house rule that everybody or most people or a lot of people use um, that uh, adds a little special meaning to, to rolling either really high or really low.
0: So, so. do you have it for the opponents
1: as well? Oh yeah. So when, I remember, where- <laughs> when I remember, when uh, I remember
0: the, I'm sure the- that your, 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 the, your, players will remind you when, <laughs> when the bad guys roll a 20 and you forget, I'm sure they remind yeah. you. Yeah. Of-
1: <laughs> yeah, so I started I started a lot of the players I play with like to roll their own dice, but I started using uh uh rolled twenties uh dice and it keeps a log even though I'm hiding some of the rolls. Um but I just you know if I'm gonna kill a character, I, I want them to know that uh they aren't, you know, the dice spoke. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't me uh rolling here at the table where they can't see. So
0: that's interesting if you play uh run a game like dungeon world um the players roll the dice and the nice thing is with that is if things go wrong it's not you (laughs) you didn't roll the dice (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that's right
2: yeah i'm
0: sorry bobby but uh
1: (laughs) i guess if i'm playing on through zoom with them or something or on discord then if they really don't want to die, they, they can always lie to me, I guess. You know, I, I have no way of telling. So um I no, I don't think that uh Dungeon World's that deadly of a game, but um I've never it de- played it.
0: Well, it depends on the GM. That's the hard part, is there's basically a failure, partial success, or full success. And failure is triggers a move, and a trigger can be a hard move or it could be a soft move and uh,
1: GM's discretion. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I yeah. I would, I would probably have a 50, 50 die. I would keep with me just, to, just to make those decisions for me. Well, the, the,
0: the, but the thing is, is, and I recommend, I, I probably won't, I don't know if I'll run it again, but, but I probably should, but it's a good thing to run. Um, It's a good thing to try running um, dungeon world because it, it, you know the problem is you have to keep thinking of moves all the time, but the thing is you realize there's more there can be things more interesting than um than um than dying yes and and the move may just be it may be something that you you come to realize something or you could be you hear foot foot uh steps coming of additional guards coming i mean it could be really anything and yeah. it's not just related to specifically the combat.
1: Yeah, that's interesting i don't know a lot about that but yeah i have tried to branch out and play different systems and certainly read them um because you can always pull things from them so yeah that's a good point uh and and speaking of uh you know doing a lot of reading and um trying different things there's so much so much new stuff coming out uh when I first got back into gaming, I guess the OSR just kind of started to take off, and I actually wasn't playing it at the time, but I, I kind of considered it getting back into it. it was, I guess it was pre 2010. Um, but since and it, at that time, it was just a bunch of old guys like me, kind of rediscovering their passion for yeah you know, old style games. Um. The retro clones were, you know, Matt Finch was doing his thing. And, but again, and then the, with the popularity of 5e, I'm going to try to kind of string uh, tie together a narrative here. It brought in a lot of players. Um, and a lot of them have now drifted and discovered the OSR and um, what they're bringing to the table at creativity. Uh, creatively is just been a real um renaissance really uh, oh yeah to use to use the uh and the diversity um and uh they're really you know they they seem to really be drawn to the old style of play but they're improving it too or or at least trying they're 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 not so like my generation. It kind of set in, <laughs> set in yeah, our ways. Yeah, exactly.
0: We want to listen to Boston. We want to listen to <laughs> Aerosmith. We <laughs> yeah. want to hear the Journey song. We're going to sing those same songs every day for the rest of our lives and still be rock on. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and these kids are coming like uh, this. This Brad Curley that did Hideous Daylight. I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely younger than I am, and. And a lot of other people um are just uh blowing the doors off um and I just love the contribution they're making and I think it's saved it it's kind of saving the o s r right when it kind of needed it. a lot of negative elements came out um started to come out with a lot of the kind of first generation of old old dudes uh <laughs> making games and right when all that was happening all this new diverse creative uh talent really just came on the scene and kind of took over you know it's theirs now you know
0: um yeah i think what happened was originally i think it was the was it the forge was a place of indie game development that was going on like crazy mm -hmm. in the early
1: 2000s it, yeah google, they, everybody talks about google plus i was busy oh, raising kids th-
0: this <laughs> is this is different than google plus this was yeah. like a, a forum but google plus was huge oh yeah yeah i i'm sorry you missed on google plus because i still am sad about it it's yeah. in all these years and it still hurts
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i missed it but you know the thing is like i guess a lot of it's gone but a lot of that stuff's still there and i've definitely done my homework you know pouring back through all the a lot of the work that was done and
0: well i think what's happened is the indie game movement started with like the lou cranes and the john harpers and Mm -hmm. all these people and i think it kept going and going in weird directions and i think then it developed a independent way of looking at games and, and looking at games in different ways and i think then people started then grabbing a hold of the Older, like the the OSR, and that spirit of, hey, we can tinker with this and play with this, I think started taking on. That's where it kind of branched on. So I think the people originally were in it were maybe creating much more complex systems. But as that kind of worked its way through, then people looked at the OSR and said, wait a minute. We can think about things differently and simplify the mechanics and have a great experience.
1: Yeah, and still... Everything's compatible, you know, because it's so rules light, who cares if you don't if your AC is, you know, one point off in this system versus that. It doesn't really matter. Um, I can pick up a lot of these systems and run them with whatever I do and not even think twice. And I think it's like they have they were inspired by what maybe they thought old school gaming was. <laughs> or what we tell them it was um
0: I no I actually i I will say I think a lot of these are probably more true in spirit if you want to think about two to like the oldest version of d and d than the later versions of DD. and d they are more yeah, true
1: absolutely yeah they I mean I, I'm an evangelist for that I definitely believe that um but if you weren't there if you weren't playing it you could even put it up on a greater pedestal and but it's kind of like just an anchor they don't feel beholden to it they can tear it apart they can um try new things and you know just from the new systems that they're coming up with to really the adventures that and uh that they're writing um have just been phenomenal like uh it's really kind of reinvigorated my, um, love for the hobby. Um, but you gotta be at the same time. You gotta be open to, you know, trying new things and a lot, a lot of, uh, gen Xers haven't, uh,
0: sounds like you know, I got for... some wild animals going out uh, yeah,
1: there. I
2: see, I hear.
0: <laughs> We've got a dog that's like 12 pounds who just likes to bite the ankles of the pit mix. who's like 45 pounds. She kind of puts up with it, but she's not too happy. But she lets it go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think too. if uh, you? Have, do you have ultraviolet grasslands?
1: Yes, uh yes, I certainly do. So yeah,
0: yeah. So Luca, he's re, he's doing his own kind of now simplified version of rules. It's just like you know all these iterations, reiterations, and iterations and reiterations. I mean, yeah. Who knows where
1: this is going to head? You know. Yeah. it's at the same time, the you know, I, I'm i an OSE guy and I think I plant my flag there because
2: it's a little overwhelming. Like at some point, <laughs> um I don't like I'll
1: read your system, but if I see anything I like, I'm just gonna tag it into OSE.
2: I just I I'm I'm, I don't know if it's I'm old or what, but this the
1: here I am singing the praises of all the innovation at the same time. I, want, <laughs> I don't know if I need any new complete rule sets, you know? Um, I don't know if you're going to really blow me away.
0: You, you can be glad that that's out there, even though if you don't, you don't necessarily do it. Cause there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there. I'm glad people are doing it. You know, there's stories about, you know, about ponies and whatever. It's like, not for me. I'm glad people are doing it. I'm glad yeah. that we have that diversity. Because also I know too is even though there's this wacky silliness out there that I really can't – would never want to play or like, who knows what that's going to encourage people 10 years from now to be developing, you know what I mean?
1: That's right. And, and really, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be playing OSC in the nursing <laughs> <Exactly>. home. <laughs> and somebody else is going to come up with the role-playing game that's going to define the next generation. You know? Right. They can um, play
0: their brony games. It's not going to affect yeah.
1: you you're no. playing
0: a hole in the oak.
1: No, but you know, uh, that's right. I'll be running, running, uh,
0: you are in the middle of a game, say stop. Somebody's playing it wrong out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but no the, the good the for them. it's, it's, you know, it, G- Gary and Dave kind of started it, but it's, uh, it's outgrown the tethers long ago. And, uh, oh yes that's good that's a good thing i, I again just love that the all the cre- the people and you know it's a it's a way that you can be creative like i'll never write a novel um i'll never paint a great painting or draw a great picture but man i could if i put my mind to it i could come up with a fun scenario um okay so how many cents a word are you charging that's what i John. <laughs> you know what uh i'm gonna have to hire somebody to probably do the writing i'll be the idea guy (laughs) i can't even i don't yeah so i've i mean i am working on something but it's you're leaving
0: money on the table john
1: no i'm not yeah i am i'm gonna be leaving money on the table because i'm it's not gonna be a money-making thing but it's like i'm looking forward to it as i have more time you know the kids are older i'm looking forward to doing creative things i don't know how to do creative things right now i don't know how to manage my time or or anything like that but i'm definitely going to do something um i just got to learn how to do it
0: (laughs) okay uh well i'll say is you just do it one step at a time yeah and just just say you know on every other day i'm gonna put an hour to doing this thing and you just do it every week and do it every month and do it every year and then pretty soon it's like oh i guess i'm getting there
1: yeah, so I'm at the, I started off the new year with the idea that I would do one, just start by taking some notes, like develop one of the ideas that I, I have all these ideas and I'm just going to like take notes and rough draft one thing a day. Um, that kind of fell away pretty quickly. I got through a month or two, uh, maybe a month Well, or a I think
0: here's what the secret is. <laughs> what you have to do is declare, I'm going to put out a zine by by December 30th it's going to be 28 pages and um and I'm going to put that for the world to see
1: yeah I yeah I can't do that like my idea of course my idea is so brilliant it's just I need <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be like a hard cap cover uh special yeah. edition I need to hire artists and uh yeah I, what I have to do is really define what I am going to do is the problem. Uh, maybe I do need to just start with something small. And, yeah, because uh,
0: I'll tell you, you figure it out as you do. At least what I do is I figure it <laughs> sometimes as I'm doing it. I don't know, but you, like I come to something I need to write, I don't even know I'm going to write. I just start writing and I figure it out as I'm writing. So you can't. You don't necessarily need to start with a big plan. You just need to start out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing all, all the. You know, I have this journal. I'm doing it all longhand, you know, okay. Everything I've done. I've I've never sat down since I was in school and typed out uh any done any amount of writing other than you know, technical some technical writing for work that um so yeah, I just again I have to learn how to do it. I have to make be a little bit more decisive and but then again, I'm just not that in that big a hurry to do it either. <laughs> it's just there, you know, I know it's there. It's something that I can get joy from when I need it. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see if it goes anywhere. Um, I think it will. Um, I spent a lot of, a lot of mountain, uh, mountain miles, hours and hours brainstorming great creative ideas. And I, a lot of those I funneled right into the campaign I was running. Now I don't have that. That outlet. So I need to uh I need to channel it somewhere. So
0: it doesn't seem like because we we don't have mountains. Uh what we have around here are ravines. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the plain is where like there's a river valley. Uh but going to the river uh is you know all these creeks that have cut over, cut through the land over. And so if you go to certain places, our hills are actually just ravines that we walk in but anyway it's just like i realized walking through the these areas you know hiking that there's a lot to this terrain that we never really think about when we're running games
1: oh absolutely yeah that's (laughs) it goes through my map all the time
0: like there's trees between i mean if you were to be fighting and shooting arrows you know at somebody 60 feet away like you'd be hitting trees
1: yeah my favorite one are uh, like the uh the rules that they have in, in OSE and BX for how far you can travel on a day. <laughs> like, uh, I've done a couple days where I've done 20 miles. Um, and let me tell you, man, it is, <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not in adventurer shape probably, but you're not going to be, squaring off against a group of orcs at the end of that day right (laughs) i can tell you that it's more like a
0: forced march you just went through
1: (laughs) yeah uh it's a and you know the the rules is written are pretty lenient at how far they let you travel um but yeah i think about that a lot like there's a part of me that really wants to capture that but then we get into the same trade-off you know (laughs) right first of all does anybody else care about it uh taking off rations and hunting for food and you know it sounds fun to me but and the other thing is you know we're micromanaging and we're slowing the game down and uh,
0: well it's what the game is about because I was remembering uh G.K. Chesterton wrote about Robinson Crusoe and he talked about how Robinson Crusoe he talked about all the different objects in his in his tent and he's like but those were all wonderful exciting objects because that's all there was I mean yeah so if you're writing Robinson Crusoe, you, those types of things are great. But if you're writing, uh, if you're writing, um, you know, uh, The Hobbit, nobody cares about those little odds and then So I, I think it depends on the story you want to tell. If if, it's, if the story is about privation, privation and 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 survival, then yeah, it's very important. But if all you are is a bunch of seventh level guys going to go kill some giants, yeah. counting arrows is it's just, it's it's mind numbing.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's the, my favorite part of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings where the the journey, the the survival part where they were yeah. traveling. So, I guess that's why I'm drawn to it. Um
0: Well, there's never been really good rules. I think uh Free League is I think Forbidden Lands has tried to do some stuff with it. Uh with the uh overland travel, it with rations and managing that.
1: Yeah, they have like a like a di- uh you you roll a Usage dot basically, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: and I yeah, think there's some neat
0: things with that.
1: Something to automate it a little bit and not be actually. But I mean, but, a section of a small section or a certain section of an adventure where you're in a blizzard and you really have to track things like like that to survive could be fun if you knew if, if I knew what I was doing. But I'm um, not an entire.
2: I guess right. you know.
1: My perfect campaign, which would be like, you know, we're Lewis and Clark, we're exploring this unknown territory, finding all these ruins, but there's no home base. We have to survive in between without going back to town. So I'm sure somebody's thought about it and I'm sure somebody's done a really good job of it. I just haven't haven't, um, stumbled upon it yet.
0: Yeah, and I think like a post-apocalyptic uh, world would be would be a, a good one you could do, um, and also, uh, and also if you're doing like a sword and uh, sorcery where it's like um, or sandal and sorcery or whatever it's called, you could be you know in like a desert, you know, yeah. and where you know those are kind of met more of a constrained scenario, but uh, but yeah, I think it's not very heroic to be you know worry about you down to your last, uh, you know, iron ration.
1: No, it's not. It, it. It. Maybe I need to get into solo gaming or something and I can play, I can do my uh, McCarthy, the road <laughs> solo, uh, <laughs> solo <laughs> jump uh, that I keep dreaming of because I don't think I've, I've found a group of players that's going to enjoy, you know, digging through a house for a can of beans and that'd be the big treasure they've <laughs> <laughs> they find so uh yeah, I haven't tried those, but maybe that's what I need to do,
0: well, and the thing too, is you think about you have starvation, you also have dehydration, and then you also can deal with you know what's recovery like, yeah, like like if you haven't eaten for five days and now you eat how how long does it take to get to be back to hundred percent? I don't know,
1: yeah, and the, and hearing you to say that it just. <laughs> It just doesn't sound fun, does it? Yeah. <laughs> run a group. Uh, so how close to starvation is your character? Yeah. yeah, that's not the-
0: <laughs> Yeah, you Yeah, so. your strength's dropping. Well, I think that's where you can do uh, stat uh, loss.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So somebody's going to have to come up with a system because it's not going to be me. Um, well, you need to think. develop
0: not just a system, but I think the scenario.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in video games, they call it the killer app, right? So you you come up with the system, and then kind of, I guess, like keep on the Borderlands, or you know, you have that really great scenario for for it to it kind of defines this new type of play that you're you're thinking about. Man, that is so far out of anything that I'm ever going to accomplish. But I'm good at uh, daydreaming about how cool <laughs> things could be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, you know, it, there is a certain amount of truth to, you know, when you try to put things to paper or, you know, or, you know, try and communicate to other people or, you know, it actually working in play. I mean, those are all the different areas where things can trip and fall.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, and I think for my, for me, I never had any necessarily grand schemes uh, to put to paper. I've always tried to keep things limited, but I think it's just because my attention is that way you know some people are writing about worlds and creating kingdoms and doing all this stuff and it's like i do something that's like okay How didn't move on
1: it's- yeah yeah no my attention been. yeah so yeah, i mean you're that's what you're working on now is an osc um adventure right or is it a it's not an adventure, adventure. Oh, it's not okay
0: it is it is a thing <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's well, kind, it kind of what I'm working on too. A thing, it's not really an adventure, so
2: it's yeah.
0: there's no adventure, there's just things, and uh, yeah. So, Fan of the Fly God is what I'm working on, and um, I'm actually waiting. My daughter's been doing the layout, we're probably maybe, I don't know, maybe a third done with the layout, but um. And I I actually just decided to do it OSE out of out of just marketing reasons. Yeah. Um, because there's spells, but all I'm doing is just reskinning spells. There are um there's a bestiary, uh, but there's not a lot of creatures in it. But for journey to the Madlands, my plan is for future, um, so, uh, old school essentials. They're they're supposedly when we come out sometime with a post apocalyptic game, right?
2: Yeah, but
1: yeah, that's I believe Gavin said that'll be after uh, he finishes Dolman Wood. There may be something in between too, so it's gonna it's still ways off, I think. So,
0: so my plan is is I'm planning on taking Journey of the Madlands, and I'm writing it to old school essentials and going to do it strictly for old school essentials. And I'm going to start building those up and waiting for the release of the, uh, of that.
1: Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a good idea because it's definitely, it's definitely got some momentum. It's kind of cleaned the field of the retro clones a little bit and kind of consolidated power. Yes. <laughs> um which yes. which, you know, which, is kind of sad in some ways, but good again, you know, because just coming in, you get Labyrinth Lord Swords and Wizardry, just Osric. He, you, it's just a little overwhelming. There were so many. Um, so it, you know, it has kind of consolidated right power it, in that one in the retro clones. And I think the problem area. is, is
0: Gamma World is a mess, a lot of those, uh. You know, Mutant Crawl Classics, dungeon Crawl Classics, they're their own thing, but they are complicated messes. Well, I'll say complicated but they're, they're, they're very more complex. Where if you can just say, you know what, this is, um, for as far as a, a post-apocalyptic game, other than Apocalypse World, which is the, uh, you know, the, the starter of the Apocalypse um, uh, engine, there really isn't anything out there that's simple. And if they yeah. can simplify that, I think they'll bring a lot of people. My plan is to have products ready to go and maybe even some adventures converted over.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea because one, one thing I have faith in Gavin is that it, it'll be good. I really have faith that it will be good. And and the other thing that he does that is, I think, brilliant is that he doesn't tinker with it too much. Like, you pretty much know what to expect with his uh, OSE post-apocalyptic rule set i think you can even look at some of the things that they've released i don't know if you checked out the carcass crawlers zines that he's been and you maybe i've get got first one
0: and i think I, I just should be getting another one i think is that with the uh the kickstarter yes
1: yeah, so if you backed it early you get issue two if you backed it like in the first couple of days you get a bit yeah um, was issue it, was three. It you?
0: i blame somebody for making me go back and 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 was it you somebody posted something i looked and it's like Oh well, I guess I'm going to spend a hundred dollars now.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was me. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you can't change your bit. Yeah, yeah, but you'll you'll be able to get issued too for ten or fifteen bucks when it comes out. So
0: yeah, That's so not- I mean, it was like sixty dollars for the because I, I have the the rules tome, and
1: yeah.
0: then I I I went and it's like okay, the whatever I needed was you know the whatever. And then it's like okay, but I get the whole set for a hundred, it's like it's only forty dollars more. It's like sure
2: <laughs> like i have
1: i have zero interest in using those modular books it's completely collectible the collection thing for me it's like i have a i mean i have all the books i have i even made spiral bound versions of them of the advanced rules
0: oh sure enough
1: lulu they're they're great uh i don't need those box sets but I mean, Errol Otis, come on. Yeah, I know. I know.
0: It's <laughs> like, let's get the t shirt too. we it. Because <laughs> I think the first day was, was it the first day you got the t shirt.
1: So, yeah, like, first day you got a free zine and a t
2: shirt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but anyway, the for the post apocalyptic stuff, there's stuff I'm going to I plan on having everything, a lot of things written, but I know there's going to be some other like technological, whatever. There's going to be some bibs and bobs that I'm, I'm going to want to add, but that's where I think I'm going to put my focus.
1: Well, well, if he and and this will be a good thing to watch out for once he gets done with Dolman Wood, I would imagine he might switch his Patreon Patreon over to what he's working on next, which is very likely to be the post-apocalyptic. And then you start getting pre-release stuff. Um, I'd been getting dolman wood. I paid 250 a month and I've been getting basically everything he's releasing as he finishes it. And it's a pretty much well, you know, there's some missing art, but layouts all done. Um it's been pretty final form as he, as he releases it. So that would be really good for, um, any, anybody that was creating content for it, you know, to start to get a feel for what it's going to be. Um, so that's something to look out for.
0: So I'm, I'm hitching my, uh, my wag. I also have another, a best year. And we're working on for old school essentials. Um, that I had a wild idea on doing things a little differently. Well, yeah, a little differently, but, um, so I'm also working on a bestiary area as well. Mm-hmm. So, That's but, cool. well, yeah, but for all the blue, now I'm just hooked up to old school essentials. So there I got to figure are. out how to, now I need to learn old school
2: essentials.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, man, it's so well laid out. It's just, I guess you should try running it. I mean, you, you're, I admit, heard you mention you were using, you were using Foundry to set up, um, through all, Holtan's Doors, that was an OAC. That's
0: one of them. I also started running um, the Incandescent Caves. No, Grotto's. Yeah. So I started that with my son, his friend, and his uh, friend of mine, and his son. They're both friends. So we only got through Sickness and Weirdness Hit, but that's. But we've been starting to go through that. Uh, and we're going to move it to Friday night. So, yeah, I'll be getting that going.
1: Yeah. that's That's the best way to learn, right? So... And you also get a feel, that's a Gavin Norman adventure, you get a good feel for the, uh, I think he writes scenarios that are really well fitting, you know, fit the rules well, um, and and take advantage of it, its um, strengths really well, so.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it was the layout for the, because I thought, well, you know, so I, I wrote you know, fan the fly God. And it's like, I decided to go back. There is a, there is a kind of a dungeon. Well, there is a dungeon. Uh, there's a dungeon of sorts in there, but I decided, you know, if I'm going to hitch up and say old school essentials, I need to actually look at the formatting. And so I reformatted the dungeon, you know, largely based off of the, you know, right, right. The, the incandescent grotto or yeah, incandescent grottos it really kind of surprised me uh how well that works out
1: yeah they're I mean,
2: great
1: it, yeah <laughs> yeah the, the layout just continues i mean it, i'm looking through it right now it's just um i'll never i'll never want to do box text again uh, you know <laughs> i'll never want to
0: yeah uh, i think there's still a place for it i don't know for me if this is the silver bullet but it is definitely it to a different direction and um made it very usable at the table.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I find I find when I start reading the box text or if
1: I'm not prepared as well as, well as I need to or I start I I look up at my screen and I see my players, you know, looking at their other screen and <laughs> <just> <laughs> and I'm like I'm re- I'm reading to a group uh you know nobody's paying attention to me so i even if there's box text i won't read it out loud i just give them the bullet points and um
0: well i think a lot of ventures they go they get carried away
1: yeah yes
0: and i think there's ways of using uh more memorable text in fact i dan wilson pointed me to somebody uh i forget who it was now he recommended uh to look through my discord but he uh there's somebody that does a very good job with just using a minimum amount of words, but a maximum amount of impact with those words.
1: Yeah. Now, if you can, if you can be pithy, you know, that's, that that's great. And, and honestly, I thought about if I ever get far enough along on my project, I probably would want to hire somebody just to, you know, help me write in that way, you know, in a, you know, tighten it up for me um an editor that would be maybe even more than an editor in some ways um but yeah so short of short of having that kind of talent you know these bullet points and then contested are great
2: <laughs> you know um, right
0: well i think if you set if you set limits so this is my my theory um and since i've i've done uh is that If you let's say you you say you know what this thing I'm doing is only going to be thirty six pages. You've already constrained yourself that you your words you can only you're allowed so many words, Mm -hmm. and you will have to edit it down. But if you say to yourself, you know what, I don't know what this is. It's a thing. I'm just going to write till I can't write anymore uh you'll you'll put in a lot of nonsense and it will just it will go on and on and on and uh, maybe be a good thing maybe it won't uh but it won't be pithy
1: <laughs> yeah but i'm wondering if if you do that you put in all the flowery language and um then when you go to to tighten it up you have a lot of stuff to draw from that you know your bullet points can be more interesting you know having, well, would, having would done I... that work
0: Yes you can. Um what I did is there's a really wacky wacky um website. It's called it's called uh I subscribed I unsubscribed cuz it's 20 dollars a month. It's sudo right. It's s um oh, it's sudo yeah, sudo right.com. And uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a artificial intelligence. You nice. give it a paragraph, at least a paragraph, and it writes the next paragraph. And it's wow. pulling from weird stuff. And um, so it, it got very, and it'll take stuff, and then it will warp it somehow. For instance, my stuff I was writing for Pan of the Fly, I got, there's some apocalyptical stuff going on. So let's start pulling stuff, quotes from the book of Job, and then throwing weird stuff in it. And you're reading, you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is like King James craziness, the post-apocalyptic God. Like, where are you pulling this stuff out of it? The other stuff you read, and you're like, this is stuff that's like, <laughs> even though it's, the stuff that's come up is like, like almost to Ma Barker land weirdness. Like, how would this come up with that? It's like, it's like, it's like insanity. Like, but there's logic to it. But anyway, you can, you can, if you if you choose the love different levels of weirdness you want to go to. But if you're writing a certain way, it can be magical and pull on all sorts of weird, wild quotes. It generate a poem, a, a crazy crazy poem that's going to go in the fame of the fly gods it generated
1: wow that's pretty cool i mean and hey, at the very least it's maybe just sparks oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah oh um, yeah yeah and it, i would say go to it with um with a lot of stuff because some stuff it was doing some stuff like the best you could tell it was pulling for some some sort of dnd posts like it was lifting stuff from like like Pathfinder. It was lifting stuff from Pathfinder. I couldn't figure out. Based, I tried to look the quotes and Google it. You know, I could never find what it was doing because it was messing with it enough. But there was some stuff. that's like this is IP. They're ripping off somebody's IP here. This this artificial intelligence. So you yeah. got to be careful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, i I just. The more I think about it, the, the more I think that we hit the sweet spot of a time to be alive <laughs> you know yes. we 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 grew up in a very uh um, not computer uh what, what's the word i'm looking for um manual world in a lot of ways and uh and we're getting a taste for what it's going to be like and it's kind of i mean these things these artificial intelligence are going to be doing things better and more creatively even you know even the things that we never thought they could do have you seen some of the like renaissance era art that they're they're like feeding it in all these paintings from uh the renaissance and it artificial intelligence spits out a picture that looks exactly like it could have been one of those you know a Mona Lisa or, or whatever. Well, no. it just, it, I'm not saying it's that good, but it's it, it's good. It looks like it was a painting of a human standing there with an apple on the table and everything. And it just looks like uh, it's kind of scary. You know what? We think we're irreplaceable, but I'm worried that.
0: <laughs> well, what it's doing is, you. yeah, it, it's still got to be people making choices. And even with the, wackiness you know i'm putting stuff in and i'm making you have to feed it in
1: yeah yeah and then
0: and then there's also that crazy thing is uh the idea that the human brain we find patterns right even when they're not there and so that's what's happening you're looking at this has a crazy paragraph i wrote a crazy paragraph you know it generated another third thing that's like off the rails like okay what can i see in all of them and then and mash them together i mean that's that's where the that's where the human steps in um but yeah, you gotta
1: you're right about that you're know, drawing from post or you know <laughs> you never know what kind of you have to <laughs> understand the references it's <laughs> thrown by because you don't want to be you know the next thing you know you're getting highlighted in and stormfront.com for being <laughs> for some of the stuff that you released unknowingly calling uh nazis to action
0: (laughs) no it wasn't that i'll see if i can i'll see if i can find it it's it's like an insane person wrote this it's it's and that's where i think sometimes the and that's what i I wasn't looking for that but the the feeling i was kind of want is sometimes where if you were like i remember years ago they had computer generated haiku Mm -hmm. and there was a book put out and i remember looking through it and it's like it's like the uncanny valley where it's like, it's right, but something's not right. Yeah. Whatever's not right is not right. But you can't necessarily put your finger on it. But there's something about this disturbing. And I thought that's the, you know, uh, the uh, um, kind of the way that was going. I want to see if I can find it real quick. But, um, and my daughter did. Um, and she used the... AI, but to do some weird twisted art for fame. So it's, it, it is amazing. You're right. We we are on a threshold. And I think the idea is that our artificial intelligence stuff is going to keep getting better and better. There's no, there's no doubts about that.
1: Yeah. I just think again, sweet spot, you know, I'll be dead before it gets scary. Hopefully. <laughs> so
0: well, I don't know that it ever will. I mean, well,
2: yeah, I, don't the, know. I don't know the, either.
0: The scary stuff, well, I guess, is going to be these unmanned drones. That's uh, that's the scary stuff, I suppose.
1: Yeah. When there's a the, when the, the, um, the size of a mosquito and have a, le- a lethal poison in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't They were actually living in Dune.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to be able to find it, but it was it was it was it was just bizarre. It was just bizarre. And I don't know how it mashed, whatever it mashed up together, but, um, but yeah, it was when I was doing it, it was pulling stuff up from Lovecraft. It was pulling stuff up from, you know, from uh, who's the other guy that wrote the King in Yellow.
1: Oh, no, I'm not, I'm going to blank on that. I don't know, but it just, it just
0: weird stuff. And it just, you know, it, I think I was kind of writing stuff in that vein, but it, it, it went there quick and it was able to pull up stuff and, and, um, but you know, I know they're you know randomly generating maps now that look really cool. I can't remember the name of the the website that does. You can set up a large continent with political maps, with terrain, with with uh, populations. And, I mean, and you just keep cycling through till you get a map you like. And it's just like it's crazy where we're at.
1: Yeah, it is, and I mean, I'm already at the point where I don't. Understand, um I don't understand things, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I really struggle with Discord.
0: <laughs> well, we're so, it's not it's not for us.
1: No, it's definitely not. Um,
0: <laughs> it's definitely for 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 the younger generation. I, I find it like you. I I'm, I have a number of servers I'm on that I I can't handle them all at one time. I can't no, handle I just, more I, than one or two.
1: I mean, I could have a conversation like if we both happen to be on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you know um yeah i don't even feel bad about it i just accepted it and I don't, i'm not poo-pooing it it's it's great that you know my kids can do they're just it's a different world for them so
0: it will be and it's be a world that we cannot um it'd be a world we you're right we can't fathom no. a friend of mine he said his dad told him years ago uh the world doesn't pass him by he told me this is about 10 years ago. He said, I think the world doesn't pass me by too. you reach a certain age.
1: Yes, it it has.
0: And uh, so, so what are your thoughts for the future of OSC? Are there things you're looking forward to or with the OSR? Are there things that you're anticipating,
1: man? There's a lot. Uh, It seems to be every day. There's a, product that gets announced or released or kickstarted that I'm excited about. Um more than I'll <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, I could stop buying now and and live two lifetimes and never run all the material I have. But um I'm definitely looking forward to the Dolman wood setting coming out um in in a complete form. I really like that. Um fantasy's kind of my it's where I like the role play the most um and then uh
2: um uh, i can't think of anything right off hand just um different um
1: different creators that i'm following i'll be interested to see what they're coming up with uh,
0: it, it seems like this and dcc seems to be kind of the um it seems to be the ones that are kind of i guess more in the forefront and it seemed like a lot of content is being generated yeah. for them but they kind of just both going in different directions which is kind of interesting
1: yeah now i haven't got I've, i play in it i was playing in an mcc game um i i don't have one product of theirs and it, it's just strictly a financial decision um it's, a, it's
0: a, <laughs> do i want I'm, to stay married or not
1: <laughs> yeah it's like uh i gotta pick i gotta I got to settle down and you know, small zines, um, released by independent, um, creators. I, I really enjoy OSEs and I rule set and, uh, I made the mistake of, I uh, got more Borg and, but I didn't get any third, no third party products cause it's just too much. Same thing with mothership. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying out a few things like that, but, um, mcc and dcc i'm just uh avoiding completely um yeah for financial reasons
2: <laughs> yeah and I, I
0: think the problem is is it's a very complex rule set set if you can well very but it's uh it seems like it's uh that's where i feel that i just don't have the cognitive it's too much of cognitive load to, to try and i'll play it wow. at, at, at conventions you know but as far as buying it i just don't think i'm i do own I do own the PDF, but as far as running it, it's just too much.
1: No, I'm not and I'm not really I don't know what it is. I, I just said it hasn't really grabbed me. Um I guess uh you know if it did, I would be totally going down that financial sinkhole, but um it hasn't. Uh the things that people highlight that they love about it just don't don't seem to um
0: well, for I'll tell you, for convention games, I don't know that you you'll find a a game that can matches. Well, I should say it's a little strong, but as far as convention games, they're great. Yeah, I mean, great.
1: And that's like I just don't. I like campaigns. Like I like developing a character and one shot. We're doing a lot of one shots now. Every other Wednesday, we're doing kind of new. I ran Cairn recently, and um, Troika. We're doing so we're doing a bunch of different stuff but it's like it's hard for me to really get invested in them if it's just going to be a session or two you know right so, and i think i would run this i've never been to a convention I.
0: you've never been to a convention
1: no no it's too many people uh well i mean i'm in virginia i guess there might be something in northern virginia going on but you own a car don't you you own a car i do i do (laughs) those things Uh, called planes yeah probably (laughs) too many uh, okay too many people we'll just go with that (laughs) i just there's nothing appealing to me about like going to a a hotel filled with strangers and no it's just yeah it's It's total social anxiety. We'll just, I, I'm old enough to accept that now. Yeah,
0: that's okay. <laughs> I mean, the beauty of it is um, is you can play so many. I mean, for me, it's just the, the different games you can play. Like, yeah, it's just that's a lot of it. And I think now that I've, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of being earlier a little bit, you know, being more on the introvert. And, uh, and um, I think, it feels like think, mentioned before as we get older. I think we it seemed like that gets stronger.
1: It yeah. To- <laughs> I mean, I manage it better. Uh I, I can probably hide it better. But it was, I mean, I play with this group of guys that every other Wednesday I was running OSE and before the session would start, and these people I know, you know, I'm comfortable with them. I would be like, Oh my god, I just don't have the energy to do this. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like want to cancel it was it's bad like uh once i once i'm there for five minutes i'm fine and recording podcasts are fine but it's like you know when you're dming for a group of people these are like adults with professions and like kids and life, and they're giving a lot of time to you right. they're just-
0: entrusting you <laughs> with the most important commodity they've got, and that's time
1: and like introverts have a lot of empathy you know we i'm looking at them, are they having fun? You know, I'm like, this stuff really weighs down on me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for sure. And that's why, you know, listening, do you talk about setting up all through all times door and really taking the time to really flesh it out and be comfortable that was like, you know, I tried the light prep thing and I think it would help me out a lot to just really have it <laughs> locked down really well, you know, so I was, I was going to spend this year kind of picking something, deciding what I want to play, get foundry and really build it out, you know, and be ready. Um, I think that would help the social anxiety a lot. So,
0: Yes. And I think the thing is, especially when you're dealing with dungeons, uh, it, it it allows a lot more, it's much more constrained. So there's a lot less variables that you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. The only other game is that seemed to work really well is being spontaneous, spontaneous.
2: spontaneous. spontaneous,
0: spontaneous. I guess. Yes. I I'm making up words here. Has been the, when I did a, a version of uh, Blades in the Dark. Uh, that one worked extremely well on the fly.
1: Yeah, that seemed I haven't played it. I haven't read it. But that just what I've heard about it, and that seems like it'd be perfect for that kind of like
2: uh
1: telling a tight little story a heist or or whatever yeah. um and uh yeah that sounds that's like a lot of fun and
0: the beauty of it is you can use so if you if you look at the the power by apocalypse uh six or less is a fail a move is made uh six through uh or seven through nine is a par success it could be you know, a choice between, it could be a complication or choose between two outcomes. And the other was a success. You could combine that concept with the um, with the um, engagement role with uh, Ladies in the Dark. So what you could do is if somebody says, hey, I wanna do a thing. And the thing's very complicated. Have them roll 2d6 and see how far they get before something weird happens. And if they roll really high, they get part way to like, they want to release a prisoner. They make it to the jail cell. You start there.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's where, you know, the, that's they, they blow the that role, the
0: engagement role, they blow it. Uh, maybe there's trouble right in the beginning. You don't have to, before they even get started, there's trouble. And something happens in between you say, okay, something happens along the way.
1: Somebody you know, forgets their thieves tools.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, and then you don't have to play out the whole thing you just could play out where the plan goes wrong and start from there. Or if it goes yeah, like right that. up to a key point and you can just do that, that 2d6 is just just, um, and just, um, and that's no different. And that's, if you look at that 2d6 to me, it is very, there's very little difference between that and the reaction role or yeah, morale right. role. It, the only thing I think it's, Stupid and I will say stupid about the, re- the reaction roll is was it six or eights roll again? Is that what it
2: is? You see, uh, uh you would think yeah. I know this. Oh, there.
0: no, it's retainer hire, re- yeah, retainer hireling, uh, reaction, yeah, six or eights roll again. So it's for the retainer hireling. It's like, why would six or eight be roll again? <laughs> that is the yeah. dumbest thing. You <laughs> take six or eight, which is the highest probability of a roll. And you say, well, roll it again.
2: We
1: want you to either fail or succeed really hard here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, why don't they just say offer accepted to be able to make more sense is, but you have to offer more. That'd probably be a better one. Like they'll accept your offer, but.
1: It's almost like double- they're. Yeah. Nobody's winning. Nobody is winning that round of negotiations. If you're trying to. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Huh.
0: That's, that's boring. The roll again.
1: What, yeah, i would never i don't think i i've ever played i've ever used a reaction role for for that any that particular instance anyway, so that's why I wouldn't but that is interesting <laughs> <laughs> well no, it is uh, it was
0: it's probably raw from was written from from the original bx
1: yeah yeah oh yeah if it's in here it, it definitely is um anything that he changed he and there was only a few things you know adding adding uh sending a c um and i guess clearing up a couple contradictions between basic and expert set but everything else if he added anything it would say optional and there's only just a couple things that he, he did did do but it's pretty much a complete 100 clone um but yeah I, yeah i wrote so i really like the reaction but yeah it's just something if there's something to give a variable to um, yeah, running in and attacking the lich.
2: <laughs> yeah, and <I> think, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, in that case, you had a nice lich. So,
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and I think the thing too, which I've, I, because we never played, so we never played with uh, with retainers, never when yeah. we were younger, never, ever, ever, never. We never hired him. I got a friend of mine, that's what they would do. <laughs> it's like, a, they would, they would, and they would work out the system of, you know, the very it was a very capitalistic commercial venture that they would, you know, get workers and line things up and, you know, whatever, and try and make an empire. I, we were never that clever, but, you know, the I think for the uh, and I've mentioned it before to the to the my son and and my friend, but you know, like, you know, kind of the part of the thought in this is because it's so deadly you should be hiring retainers and it's yes. not really intended for four people to go through a dungeon
1: <laughs> no yeah and it's more to manage it's again it's a trade-off it's going to slow things down but yeah you definitely need that damage absorption and uh <laughs> and you know, they become they also become can become their own like little narrative little whether it's you're treating a bad all the time, or they do something really cool, or that they, they just always seem to roll lucky when they're attacking, or they're always fumbling, or they add elements to can add elements to the story, and also at the same time you can kind of ignore them when you need to, you know. Um, so yeah, I've never really played with them either. I'm pl- I'm playing in an, an AD&D game right now where we have a bunch, and that's a very tactical you know, we're counting squares and, and everything. It's, it's very different for me, but yeah, I can see the, I think I'm going to encourage that in my next OSE game that at least starting off, you're going to want to, you're going to want to do that
0: because so. they get reaction rolls too, or morale yeah. checks. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. you got ima- I mean, imagine that you're in the middle in the heat and you got this guy who's been this great, you're almost bonding with this like yeah. NPC. And then he just takes off. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like there's you look and turn around and there there um Gregor is you know beaten path through the woods <laughs> and he's gone. Uh even that, you know, leaving you guys high and dry, that even adds to the uh to the story. So
0: it sure does. And I think the idea is, you know, the idea with a lot of the stuff is, you know, and I've been listening to a podcast where they talk about converting old modules to fifth edition. Um and uh it's been very interesting because I really don't, I really don't care for fifth edition. Mm. Um, but I, I enjoy what they think and their logic and how they view things and and they kind of do bring up differences, you know, and I think i don't want to say there's critiques i think are legit but but i think it, it definitely points out a different style of play you know where the idea is that you know a lot of people expect you know some sort of adventure to have some sort of narrative to carry it along where yeah. really it's, it's most of the old school stuff is okay the king hired you go do this okay or you're in a dungeon you travel for 30 miles go
1: <laughs> hey, somebody somebody posted on OSE forum on the OSE facebook page about a pathfinder game that was being re-released for old school games and um he made a comment at the end of it that was like yeah it's just it's really good introductory module introductory module and it's not just here somebody go find my missing cow and i made the comment like wow, that actually sounds fun. I want to go find the missing cow. (laughs) Because, you know, all the memorable stuff for me when I'm playing isn't the big narrative. It's always the, man, I fumbled. I made a, you know, I did, you know, something didn't turn out right. Um, We found a shovel blade, uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Those those are the moments that, that really tell the story that, that i remember you know so
0: yeah and i think those things can emerge and i think it also depends on some games are also probably some are more or less punishing but i i agree sometimes those lower stakes uh i i find you know to be more enjoyable um i think it's like you know going to do you watch like the comic book movies
1: uh yeah i mean i've seen i'm I haven't seen them all, but yeah.
0: Right. But I mean, so it's like, you know, like you end the one, it's like, okay, we got to save the world and or save the country. Then we've got to save the world. The next we got to save the universe. And then, you know, it just keeps escalating to <laughs> the point where it's like, I kind of like the, the Netflix Marvel heroes, where it's just like, you know what, this neighborhood.
1: Yeah. I got to defend this neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's a great analogy. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, you don't have to explain why. Why is this city level to the ground? Millions of people have to be dead now. Oh, yeah, exactly. And everybody's just okay, you
2: know? Yeah. we're just okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I, and I think that does can lend to, even though I do ideas lead to heroic play, uh, or um, old school such can lead to more, you know, high heroic. It's just the, I think the even no matter how, how level, even you get up to the higher levels, you're still always a little bit, um, you're still a little bit, uh, fragile. There's never a point where you're like invulnerable.
1: No, no, that's when, that's when the fun stops for me, pretty much. Um, it's time to retire the character at that point, get him a little stronghold.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. And I think that's a great, I mean, that's great, you know, in, and I don't think we ever played we pretty much in high school just played A D and D. So we didn't the the uh, the Molday, whatever it was is what I had, but I never I we never played it. But you know, I think that idea really is you hit a certain level and then it's like you either it becomes NPC or you become a ruler in the area and you have some some things you need to deal with, and it's at a higher level game at that point, point, not yeah. necessarily destroying things, but you're now you're you're King Conan. Maybe you're just no longer. Doing all these things. You could so. send
1: your next party off to do things for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, in some ways, kind of like uh I think I've known her play a pen dragon is the idea is you play generations. You don't play a single character.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested in that. I think they're coming out with a new version of that. And they I think are. I definitely want to look into that because that's like hits right in my sweet spot of interest and things. So I've never I have no familiarity with it at all, other than who makes it um so
0: well and i think it's kind of like and again it's you're going into something that's pretty deep and like we're talking about doing some rune quest right uh hopefully yeah later it's like you're signing up for something when you when you when you probably with with uh you know when you are dealing with pendragon it's like dealing with rune quest you're you're signing up for just more than just rolling a few dice and killing some orcs it's just
1: like, oh yeah that's what i'm worried about <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: yeah,
1: but you know the uh the setting and everything really appeals to me so
0: <clears throat> oh for glorantha or for yeah, uh Pendragon. yeah for both
1: of them actually yeah so that's uh that's a draw
0: yeah
1: but I, cool. I you know i'm gonna learn about those settings through play i'm not gonna Even if I were to sit down and read those books, I wouldn't retain enough to be an expert. (laughs) Well, what I
0: started doing is I started almost hyperventilating mentally at the Glorantha bit. (laughs) And then I picked up this really fat book called The Borderlands and Beyond, which was a box set and some other things they compiled. And I was like, okay, these adventures are set in one small
1: area. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, one small area I can learn
1: draw your first hex and then the hex is around it (laughs) just focus yeah the town's in the center and we'll figure out what's close to it and that's
0: yeah these are the only peoples you have to worry about this is the maybe the nations you have to worry about and and as far as you know the cultures you only have to worry about maybe one or two cultures So, so yeah it's just like but it, anyway, it's, it, what's kind of interesting about that is, is it's definitely uh, a game. At least the more modern version of Room Quest, is more front-heavy with character creation, because what matters is what your grandparents did and your mm-hmm. parents. They're yeah. part of who you
1: are, which is kind of interesting.
0: Now the question is, how long will it take to play a single
1: session? I don't know. <laughs> is there an actual play of that out there? <laughs> oh, the, I, I,
0: I we're going off the, we're going off the topic, but. So it's interesting. So I do, I do, um, I both do a podcast, uh, audio podcast, and I also started doing stuff on YouTube. And what I've noticed is that pretty much there's a little variation in whoever's on will vary some in, in the, on the audio podcast, that video podcast, you can tell that there's different audiences and I had Jeff Richard on that podcast is is like 10X, more than 10X video plays of uh, than anything else. And it didn't affect my audio podcast that much. It's it went up a little bit, but nothing like the YouTube. And man, that there is those two people, they love their the RuneQuest. Yeah. So there's gotta be actual plays all over the place.
1: Yeah. Well that's I mean, that would be helpful going in um to a new system and a new setting you're not familiar with. So yeah,
0: I think the hard part it's yeah looking at, it's not I would probably, in my younger days, I convert to a different system, probably.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: anyhow, but it's not but looking through it, it's not that complex. At least it's unified. It's just that um, you know, you got choices to make. You know, do you want to use rune magic to affect your role? And the rune magic may help you, or you could fumble on it, or you could really fumble, or you could really succeed. And then you go to roll your skill. On that skill, you may you succeed, succeed good, succeed really well, or fumble. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you can use a skill to augment another skill.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if it doesn't go right, it could actually make things worse. So, it it can. Your choices. You can do things, but you know, before you make your roll, you have decisions to make, and uh, and those have implications if they depending how they roll.
2: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you're gonna get be having a virtual
1: tabletop to help you manage all this. <laughs> well, the, the
0: the point was originally was, but I may not wait because I believe they are uh, going to do an official version. Um, I believe they are there's an unofficial version but you have to up you have to load everything by hand so every creature has to be loaded every spell it's not worth it um but um because the thing is everybody casts magic yeah well you may not want to but everybody can cast magic and it's it's not a high it's a high magical world but it's it's steeped in have you had a chance to crack it open yet
1: i mean i i i looked through the character creation a little bit about the you know your heritage and things yeah. like that, but no not not a lot
2: now
0: okay, yeah, it's just um and so the character creation probably isn't too bad i mean it's a little bit long, but it's 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 kind of fun, but the but even when you roll for combat, you're rolling to hit then you roll to parry, and if you do hit you're roll for hit location and you roll for damage, you know, so it's, it's, um, so if you had a, if you had it automated through foundry, you could just go click, click, make a couple of choices and zip it'd be done where now yeah. it's, you know, going to be like, you know, if there's going to be a fight, it, it may, it may take a little bit to, to go through manually. Maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, but also people don't have a lot of hit points. So it doesn't take much to dismember or to, to maim dismember, or even just, uh, uh, or just take out a commission a limb. So, yeah. you know, one hand of broadsword to your arm, you, you you may be not using that arm anymore. You may not have an arm anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's unlike D&D, you're going to really think about this. You're going to say, "You know what? Before I'm going into battle, I'm going to prepare spells." I'm going to augment with my runes. I'm going to do all these things to buff myself up because
1: I don't want to get hit. Yeah. It sounds like a, a, the witcher preparing for a, a hunt or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I
0: think we're hitting the time space continuum, John.
1: Yeah. It's good talking to you. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Likewise.
0: And I've been wanting to talk to you about OSC, and you're, you seem like the perfect guy. Well, next well I, hope,
1: I hope we talked enough about it. Uh, I can always talk more about OSC. So,
0: yeah, it's uh, it is definitely a clean system, and uh, I'll be, I'll hopefully be re- reporting back eventually with, with how it turns out. But uh, no, I I agree. It's it's just it's amazing as far as uh, usability, and I'm really looking forward to the post apocalyptic. Yeah, and see what yeah, they're doing because. They're promising anything between the Road Warrior and Gamma World. Anything between there. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big promise.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, I don't know if you've if you had a chance to check out his Dolman Wood stuff that he's doing. <clears throat> uh, I think that would give you a lot of faith in his ability to pull it off because it's just fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. I believe he's going to. I just, what I wonder is this is going to sound crazy. You talk about skills is can you run um can you run um moral project with it which is a more realistic post apocalyptic game.
1: Like yeah, now that mean? would be that would I have a feeling it's gonna be a, a lot more gonzo um yeah. I I just said it, more science fantasy type um almost because that's, that's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. I, I have no knowledge of that. I would personally be more interested in a more realistic post-apocalyptic setting. Um, so I don't know, I guess it remains to be seen. Um, and I don't know if the Gavin's really talking much about it right now.
2: So.
0: <laughs> well, all I know is that there's a page on their site that talks about it. And it just says, we're doing a thing. It'll be ready when it's ready.
2: yeah
1: there's there's one thing that might slip in in between dolman wood and that i can't remember what it is it's like a quick update to something he was talking about but i can't even remember what that is so hopefully that's what he rolls into next so
0: yeah my goal is i'm i'm working on my goals we're on a setting where i'd like to do something that's science fantasy but not um not gonzo
2: yeah so, well there's there's a lot of that out there already so <laughs>
0: oh, the gonzo
1: yeah yeah can.
0: yeah and so we'll see um that that works out or not i've, I've never my ever my attempts at ever doing anything like that's always been an, an adjunct failure but uh, we'll see if i can just just go to failure and (laughs) say failure (laughs) be an improvement
2: (laughs) baby steps
0: (laughs) yeah but I'll I'll tell you my my secret is um, I'm taking the the Volturnus modules uh, and I'm kind of rewriting reimagining them um, in a science fantasy setting but just starting really small and just working my way out and see where it goes
1: that's a that's a good exercise to you know see see how it develops that way so
0: yeah or just fails but something will happen one way or the other i'll either end in tears and bitter tears or i'll (laughs) be (laughs) small success but anyway great talking to you john all right yeah nice talking
1: to you fun and and
0: until next time take care
1: all right see